I had the privilege of being able to share this morning, and uh, very thankful for the opportunity to do that, and uh, Jeremy's gracious to give me the pulpit for a, a morning, and um, here's where we're headed. And church family, just so you know, this message is certainly not exclusive for our seniors. It's flavored for our seniors. How about that? Um, and uh, this week, they've been given great advice, encouraging advice, some worldly advice. I won't say this is all that great, let's be honest. Um, but uh, I think this morning, uh, God's put a message together in my heart and life that is for us, as well as our seniors. And really, I, I think the, the flavor of the message this morning is to challenge and charge our seniors different than maybe some of the things that they've heard over the last few weeks. Um, and it really is an impossibly possible message to uh, do what God calls us to do and what Jesus modeled for us to do. And that is to live sent. Um, and I don't want us to be able to have a focus or a, a flavor again of, of saying goodbye to our seniors. I uh, really want to challenge and encourage them to say hello and to go as we call them and as we are called to live sent under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so this year, um, here's where this came from. Our student ministry uh, has a, a training component. We want to train our students and, and just give them the equipment and the ability and the heart to make disciples. And we've been going through this study in our ministry training called Discipling as Jesus Discipled. And this has been a real joy. And I've never gone through this study. It's relatively new. It came out last year by a friend of mine. His name's Dan Spader. And uh, there's seven particular emphases that this study looks at when it comes to the prayer Jesus prayed in John 17 for the disciples. And it reveals his identity and his priorities of disciple-making, not only for his disciples, but also for us. We've studied and dug into things like how Jesus, or excuse me, how God revealed Jesus to his disciples and how Jesus had imparted to them his word. Interesting one on that, particularly because Jesus had to study God's word. He didn't come downloaded with it. He had to study God's word, and then he was able to impart it. We were able to do the same thing. He also prayed for and taught his disciples how to pray. That was a significant priority for Christ. And then another element that's been encouraging in our study is how he has protected them. He declares, I protected them, and he protected them by his word, and he protected them by his presence, and he protected them through the promise of his Holy Spirit. And then one that just crashed into my life was chapter number seven. Um, there's actually 10 chapters, 10 units in this study. Chapter number seven is how he sent them. And when we began to study chapter 7, a few, now it's been a few months, but uh, I was amazed and wrecked and just energized, all in the same mix. Um, for about two months now, this is what's been happening in my life and uh, what Jesus has been doing as he described himself and, and what his identity is as the sent one. 
Um, it's been more prominent in my mind than ever before. And I remember, you know, we know John 3.16, God's love of the world, he sent his only son, that Jesus was the sent one, he got incarnate, that type of thing. But um, it's been really fun to see a, a fresh, for some reason for me it was a very fresh experience to, to, to understand the emphasis and the identity that Jesus possesses as the sent one. And then in John 17, 18, he says, as, the, as you have sent me, this is his individual prayer to God the Father, he's saying, as you have sent me into the world, so now I send them. And uh, over 40 times, I didn't know this until our study, but over 40 times just in the Gospel of John, mostly in the Gospel of John, Luke and Matthew don't record it as much, but in John, Jesus is recorded as declaring, you know, I am from the Father, the Father has sent me. Um, the one who sent me. In his conversation, teaching, declarations, etc., he just over and over and over. That's almost two times a chapter. <laughs> he, it's, it's one of those things like, this is pretty important. And this really just, again, struck me. And so here's how it's worked out. I'll go into Kroger. I'll be on my way. I'll grow into Kroger. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, Lord, you sent me here. Help me to see what I need to see. And I'll go get my hair cut, and I'll be thinking and praying, Lord, I'm your sent one. Use me, help me, listen, and give me the words. I'll go into Walmart. I'll be driving into Walmart and walking up, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, Lord, what do you want me to see? I am your sent one here. I go to Planet Fitness, and uh, I'm listening. I'm like, Lord, you sent me here. What do you want me to see? What do I need to do? What do I need to be prepared for? Fun thing about my experience, not only just at Planet Fitness, but I, I have a routine of exercising, and I listen to the one who sent me. I try to listen daily for marching instructions or the, the words that God would put on my heart to share of where he sent me. And so um, that's one of the things that's been interesting as I listen to the sender as I'm being sent in that particular location. I go to Dow High on Tuesday lunch. Tuesdays, I go to lunch period at Dow High. And I'm walking into the building, and I just say, Lord, you sent me here. Help me be ready and prepared for who you have me to speak with, who you have me to encounter. And every single week, God answers that. There, there's never been a week I've not ever interacted with anybody or talked with anybody or even had a chance to witness or be a light there. It's been really, really fun to see how God is faithful in that one. Um, I come here. You know, I'll drive into the parking lot on a Sunday night or a, Sunday, or a Tuesday morning or wherever. Lord, you've sent me. Give me the ability to lead well, to be prepared, to be filled, to do what you want, to make disciples. And I'm driving home on, from the office, and I just have this reminder. Lord, I'm sent to my family as your ambassador, as an ambassador of Christ. I'm to be a peacemaker, a leader, a servant, a counselor, a provider. Lord, fill me and use me for my family. And uh, it's been something I've never experienced in my walk with Jesus for, since, let's say, 1977. You do the math. Um, and so uh, it's, that's why I say it's, it's kind of been an exciting feeling, but I also feel a little bit nervous now, you know, because I prayed this prayer, Lord, I'm a sent one. I'm going into this place. And <laughs> there's an there's a openness that I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, so far, it's not been life-threatening yet, but that's up to the Lord. So Jesus proclaims and prays in John 17, 18, 
As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And he's praying for his disciples at that point. But that's not the only place he says this. In John 18, Jesus is arrested, denied by Peter, and tried by Pilate. And then John 19, Jesus is sentenced, crucified, and buried. And then in John 20, he's resurrected alive. He appears to Mary Magdalene. Then in verse 21, the second thing he says, I'll tease you a little bit and you go find out the first thing he says. But the second thing he says to his disciples is, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And he breathes on them and, and he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. And so my friends, as you would know and trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are sent. Graduates, you are sent. Adults, teens, kids, retirees, parents, we come to know and trust Jesus. And we have been given an identity and a calling in that. And that means we're sent by him. And so, this is God's heart for his people. And because of the indwelling Holy Spirit, that comes upon salvation, we can do this. We can live sent. And so back to John 17, 18, it's like, okay, well, as the Father has sent me, so have I sent you. How? I kept asking this question. Okay, well, how was Jesus sent? And here's three things, but I'm going to really focus on two of them. The first one's foundational, so I didn't want to miss this one. But um, first of all, Jesus was sent out of the relationship he had with the Father and the Spirit, out of this love relationship. And so God sends us out of love, but he, sends, he sent Jesus out of this communal trinity love that he has and that he experiences. And because God has all authority, Jesus comes as his sent one with authority. And he offers us to be part of his transforming work on his planet. And next, we could talk about the two others that I wanted to talk about. We could talk about a number of examples and a number of priorities that are important to Jesus. But these were two that just pressed on me for this morning, for our graduates, for us as a church family, that I just couldn't get out of my mind. Um, Jesus lived on the earth for 33 years, having been sent by God. And two significant things he did was one, that he died to himself. And ultimately, he died for his people. And he invested in people. And really, that's the core of the message this morning. That, that we would catch the heart and the truth and the message of God that we're to live sent. And to do that requires and involves dying to self and investing in people. And so Jesus was on this planet to do a mission. He came to live life God intended all humans to live. Think about that. Jesus came to show us what it meant to be human. He lived humanity the way God intended humans to live. He came full of grace and truth. He came as the better Adam, the better Noah, the better Moses, the better David, the best priest, the best king, and the best prophet. And so in order to do this, Jesus was willing to die to himself, meaning he didn't have his own individual agenda but he had his father's, and he spoke and did what he heard his father doing. 
There's a passage in John 12, I think, that really reveals and illustrates this well. So this is the Monday after Palm Sunday of Holy Week, right? Jesus had cleared the temple for the second time, and there were some Greeks, non-Jews, okay? They had come from out of town. These were foreigners, and they're asking Jesus' disciples. They couldn't find Jesus. They didn't go to Jesus, but they've they've heard of this guy, and, and maybe they just saw this demonstration of passion as Jesus clears the temple, and they ask him, can we see this Jesus? And, and so Peter goes and says, Jesus, these guys want to see you. Jesus kind of just dismisses their, their typical request because don't, we don't know exactly what they wanted to talk to Jesus about. But his request is interesting. In verse 23 of John 12, he says this, And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life on this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, again, look at listen how Jesus dies to himself. Now, my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. This was just five days before he was going to be crucified. Jesus knew the kingdom. I mean, he came to reveal the kingdom. But in the kingdom, he, he shows us that, that it's about dying to self. He knew God's purpose was much greater than just his physical life. And he calls those of us who follow him to die to ourselves. And so this is just one of a few instances, actually many instances, where Jesus gives us his heart and passion uh, for dying to self. In Luke twenty-two forty-two, remember in the garden, Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup, the cup of the wrath of God that would cause death. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He's very clear to his disciples in, John, in Luke 9, uh, kind of way back before he prayed in the garden. About six months before, he turns his face and starts heading toward Jerusalem. He says, and he said this to all of his disciples who were hearing and all the crowd that was around. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And then one final example, because there are in memory, but in John 15, I love this. He says, greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for his friends. I think this, this uh, is a very transferable way of saying when we are living sent, we live out dying to self. And uh, this can look like a lot of different things. One quick example that I'll give that came to mind was um, the challenge that I feel, and I know my wife feels the same, is when we had our children, each of our children, um, we gave them up to the Lord. And we said, God, this is yours. These are not our kids. We steward them. We gave them up to the Lord. And uh, for last, since 92, you do the math, um, uh, when Cammie was born, our oldest, and now 18, Ian's done with high school, um, we've given them over to the Lord. And the challenge has been, as we die to ourselves, they leave, they go but our prayer was, God, help them run after Jesus. 
and uh, as they're running after Jesus, they're doing it in different parts of the country than is uh, a lot more comfortable than we like. But again, as we die to ourselves, we go, God, they're yours. And, and the, the fun thing that God continues to remind me, remind me of is that for 80 years on this earth and maybe, what, 50, 60 with my kids, with my kids, um, is really a small amount of time compared to 80 millions and millions and millions of years that we'll spend together in eternity. So this time is, is really uh, capable of, we're dealing with it. God's doing a great job of grace. And praise God for airplanes and Facebook, right? Um, that's a gift. All right, friends, die to self. We can do this. Um, in both a decisive event of dying to ourselves and trusting Christ, and then also dying self daily. Um, and, and here's a, a prayer I, I'd encourage you to think through and pray every day. I'm trying to do this. It's simply, Lord Jesus, today I take up my cross, die to myself, and live for you. Think about praying that daily. Here's number two. I'm going to fly through this. So Jesus calls us to not only die to ourselves as we live sent, but also invest in people. And, and seniors, this is really a significant piece for you. Um, you know, he came in, in Luke 4. Um, I'm not sure if we have this one, but uh, Luke 4 this is the prophetic word Jesus gives uh, as, he re- as he refers to Isaiah. He said, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. To, to send, he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the, favor, the year of the Lord's favor. And, and all those things involve people. Um, it's such a, a clear thing. And so as we're going to walk like Jesus walked, don't miss out. Seniors, don't miss out for the journey you have ahead of you, the wonder and joy and beauty of God working in your life to reveal himself to you of his majesty as he would use you to invest in people. Church family, some of us need a good kick in the pants to, to invest in people more than you are now in a faithful way, but to invest in people and uh, we do, we have a challenge of doing that. Uh, church family, this is not for you as much as seniors, this particular point. Seniors, this, this part of investing in people, I don't want to miss the opportunity of just pouring, in, pouring this out. But you're going to go on, a lot of you are going to struggle and challenge, be challenged with trying to find a place to do that, particularly a local church. But if you don't stay a part of a local community of believers, a local church, at any point forward in your future, you risk of becoming one of the statistical difficulties that a youth pastor lives with is that 50% of kids who grow up in church leave, leave the faith, particularly during college. And we don't want that. I don't think that's worth settling for. Um, and the, really the silver bullet in that is being a part of a gospel community, being a part of a local church family. Even if you don't like it, Suck it up. Be, be a part of a local church family. Make a difference there. Go and love. Uh, one of the things you've learned here that I'm confident in is that you don't have to sit by and, make, and wait for fun to happen. Our students have been awesome at generating fun, generating energy, generating love, generating passion for Jesus. And so you've tasted that here. Take that wherever you go into a local church family. What are the changes that happen in your life when you live sent? Dying to self and investing in people. You get this thing called, I I term this thing called a kingdom infection. 
You get a kingdom infection when you live sent, consciously, spiritually, faithfully. And what this means is just a heart for the kingdom of God to come everywhere you are. It's that prayer, Jesus, may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You get this kingdom infection. You want God's presence everywhere you go. Another, another result of dying to self and investing in people, you love unconditionally. You also steward your money. Here's a way you can tell if you're doing this. You steward your money, your talent, your time for God, and you want to give, and as a result, you're going to grow closer to Jesus. You become less selfish. You grow more in love with Jesus, and you have a supernatural joy that's freak show to some people, but it's great for the kingdom. And you join a movement. You join something larger that is global and will last forever. And so the payoff is worth it. The temptations are real, right? I mean, we live in this. Whether we even say tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to live sent. I'm going to be more intentional about living sent. God, help me to die to myself and invest in people. I want to live sent. There will be lots of temptations. And the kudos may not be immediate compared to what the world says. You get on the bandwagon of environmental stuff, serving the trees or the whales or the dogs or the cats or whatever, right? You get on that bandwagon and you'll get immediate kudos. But you get on the bandwagon saying, I'm living sent for Jesus and it's going to be a little more challenging. That's why we need each other. That's why we need to encourage and love each other and continue to do that with passion and faithfulness and unconditional love. And so, yeah, it's a challenge to live out being sent. But the Savior who has all authority, and you know this, but just, I love this. The Savior who has all authority said, go make disciples, invest in people, and I am with you. Jesus promises his presence. We don't even have to pray for it often. He promises, and he is faithful to his promise. And so this afternoon, you're going to live sent, go into a restaurant, go into an open house, go into your home. Jesus is with us when we live sent, going to Planet Fitness, going to Walmart, Meyer, Dow High, Midland High, Bullet Creek, elementary school, middle school, Dow Chemical, the hospital, Arby's, wherever. It's just wherever you work, wherever you go, family, friends, neighborhood. Live sent, die to self and invest in people.